Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. All right. Uh, Look at that verse uh, 1 in Zechariah chapter 4. Again, um, it says, And he came back and he uh, wakened me as a man uh, from sleep. See, the man of God was wakened from his sleep And it's time for the saints of God to wake up. We have been spiritually asleep. And see, in Joel 3 and 9, it says this. I got this up on the board because I want us to see this right here because it's powerful. It's powerful. And this is going to be specifically a word for the men of God. It says, proclaim this among the Gentiles. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men of God. Now, I got to ask, where are the mighty men in the house this morning? Okay, I got two or three or four. Listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. When we start talking about preparing for war, you can't be no wimp and go to war. So let me ask again, where are the mighty men of God in this house? All right, you're almost getting there. It says, wake up the mighty men of God. Let all the men of war draw near. This is not the time to draw back because his spirit is not for them who draw back. He said, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. So in other words, saints of God, men of God, you're going to have to draw unto God first. And you're sitting back waiting for God to do something. God said, move. He said, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. Come on, somebody. And then he said, let them come up. Right now, I want all the mighty men of God to stand to your feet right now because this is going to be paramount to where the church is going. Somebody shout, wake up the mighty men of God. It is nothing like a mighty man of God who knows how to lift your hands in worship. There is nothing more powerful than a man that knows how to worship. When you worship God, the devils begin to tremble. When you worship God, hell begins to rock. When you worship God, the heavens open up and send the rain. Wow! For the Bible says, he trains our hands for war and our fingers to fight. Lift your hands to God and shout this with me. God, God. train my hands for war and my fingers to fight. Come on, man of God. When all hell is attacking your house right now, God is telling you all you got to do is get down on your knees, lift up holy hands unto him, and he will change things in your house. Come on, somebody. We got to wake up the mighty men of God. Where are the walls that should be standing on the wall? God is saying to you right now that he has a plumb line in his hand, and he's going to see how plumb you are. He's going to see if you're standing up straight to him. He's going to see if you're standing with integrity. He's going to see if you're standing with character. Now, character and integrity are things who uh, who you are when nobody else is looking. See, you can look pretty in front of everybody else. You can look good in front of everybody else. You can sound like a Christian in front of everybody else. But God says, who are you when nobody is looking? Who are you when you're by yourself? Who are you when you're clicking on the Internet? Who are you when you're on Facebook? Who are you when you're on Instagram? God says, I'm going to have me a men, and I'm going to have me a war, and I'm going to have some men war. I'm going to have some some people who know how to put on the bayonet. I'm going to have some people who know how to down and clear that weapon. I'm going to have some people who understand they can use this Bible and they can go out and do exports in the name of God. Come on, I had the right men in here. We got too many punked out men in the house of God. It's, It's like we've been castrated. 
And the women are waiting for the men to stand up. Women in the world are waiting. I wish we had some mighty men of God that I can actually date. We got to stop playing games. We have to be the example. Come on, somebody. We have to be that example. Let me tell you something. God is ready to give power to the church when the men get right. See, thank God for the church mothers because we wouldn't even be where we are today if it hadn't been for the women in the church. But God is ready to take his level of authority back so that the men of God will be in their rightful places. And I believe the women in the church are ready. Are you ready, ladies? You ought to to be the first one to pray, the first one to worship, the first one to read the word, the first one to get up on Sunday morning. Yeah, I said it. You lead by example. Hello, somebody. God is going to have a church. And he told me he can't have it until the mighty men wake up. And he showed me this verse where he had to wake up Zerubbabel. And say, I got to show you something. What do you see? What do you see, men of God? Is God showing you visions? If he's not, are you in the word? Maybe you're not in the word enough. And this is, this is just, this is for me as it is for you. I don't see enough visions. I don't see enough things. That, that, therefore, I have to make myself go to the word of God. You're going to have to make your body submit. Yes. Amen. Am I talking to the right people? time for us to raise up today an army he said prepare for war wake up the mighty men now listen notice he said you're already mighty you just sleep so the devil trying to tell you you're not mighty let me tell you the devil is trying to tell you 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 need to measure the sum total of who you are based on what you're going through that's what the devil trying to tell you And based on the sum total of what you're going through, you seem minuscule, you seem small, but God is saying, no, you're mighty. See, see, when when God came to Gideon, Gideon was hiding. And when he came to Gideon, he said, hello, mighty man of valor. Why? Because God can speak those things that be not. Come on, somebody. Where Gideon was in his position, he didn't feel like a mighty man. But God wanted to promote him. Because God had to pull out of him what was already there. Gideon just didn't say, some some men in this room right now, you don't see how mighty you are. You've allowed things to tell you you're not as mighty. And you've made excuses. Those days are over. I said those days are over. Some of you are saying, well, I, I just don't want to be up front. Stop whining. The days of whining is over. We're going to have to step up and step out into the things of the Lord. Can, am I talking to the right guys? Yeah. Now, listen, God knows what I was supposed to preach today. And he's going to hold every man accountable. And I think the women in this house is, too. Can, can I say can I get an amen, ladies? Uh-huh. Some of them getting nervous right now. Uh, what, is that, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? Go to God with it. He'll tell you what it means. Amen? So now just lift your hands and say, Lord, Lord wake, me up. wake me up. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, Lord wake, me up. wake me up. 
So that means next Sunday when we worship. Because I'm telling you, God, God, God is not playing. Now, you, you can play, but God is not playing. So that means next Sunday, you are going to be the first one to get up here to worship. I, for one, I'm tired of seeing the man sit back and just be comfortable. But we always want to pray for something. And God, all God is saying, you can pray for something, but I'm waiting for you. He's waiting for us to make the adjustment so that we can posture ourselves to be a mighty man. Being a mighty man is not about what you do. Being a mighty man is about who you are. Based on who you are in the word of God will determine what you do. Hello, somebody. Y'all feel that? They get nervous. They get nervous. All right. All right, Randy, you might have to help me get out of here today. The men get nervous. But I believe some men are ready for this challenge. Right? Because, let me tell you something. If you're not challenged as a man, you stay weak. Yeah, that's ladies too. But I'm particularly talking about the men because he wanted me to deal with the men today. And maybe, maybe next week too. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you're not challenged, you will stay weak. If your mind is not challenged, your mind will go weak. So he's challenging all, me too. Somebody said me, me too. He's challenging all of us to go greater, to go higher, to go deeper in Jesus' name. All right, you may take your seats. Come on, ladies. They, I think they was getting a little bit too nervous, so I had to, I had to kind of stop that for a little bit. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Now listen, here's, here's something. Let me get back to the word for this, for this is for everybody. So there is something that, that God had to do for the man of God. He told him, in spite of everything that you see and everything that's going on, he said, it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit. It's not by might. It's not by the might of man. It's not by something that's in the natural. It's not by power. It's not by worldly power. He said, it's by my spirit. Now, I preach on being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in a heavenly language, not because that's the next fad for the church to do. I preach on it because this is what the Bible says to do. He says, Ah, you're going to do this by my spirit. So his spirit means that he's going he's gonna to fill you up with enough of him so that you can go out and do kingdom things. Now, listen, he said, behold, I give you power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You don't get the Holy Ghost just to speak in tongues. You get the Holy Ghost so you can be empowered. He said, behold, I give you power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That's in the New Testament. And then in the Old Testament, in the book of Joel, he says, in the last days, saith God, I will pull out of my spirit upon all flesh. So you can say, well, the spirit of God is for all people. It's not just a certain group of people. It's not just for the apostles or the deacons or the elders or the pastors. It's for everybody. Lift your hands and say, that's for me too. He wants to give us power, but do we want it? I said, do we want it? Uh, Y'all don't sound like you want the power. Because, see, with power come responsibility. (laughs) Let me say it one more time. Do you want the power? 
Okay, I got about five people. Let me say it one more time. Maybe other people are trying to decide if they want it or not. Do you really want the power? Yes. Okay, I believe I'm in the right place because this is exactly what God is about to do. He's about to rain down his power upon his church. And because of that, there's a greater level of maturity. There's a greater level of responsibility. There's a greater level of accountability that we have to be in. And God starts it all with the apostolic move. Because it's the apostolic move that keeps people accountable. Hello. Right? Why? Because you just can't be just like you used to be. No, we're going to have to go greater. We're going to have to go deeper. We're going to have to pray. Yeah, we, yeah you, you, you're going to have to pray more. Yeah, you're going to have to pray more in English and in the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Right? If you're not full of the Spirit, you can get full of the Spirit. Just come to Bible study on Wednesday nights. It ain't nothing to it but getting it. It's not spooky. It ain't nothing spooky about being full of the Spirit. But I, I, I listen, I don't want to live in a half of a cup mentality when I can live in a full glass. Now, if you want a half cup mentality, that's that's fine. You can walk that way. But I want to be a full glass. I want to be full of the anointing. I don't want to have a cup when I can have a river. Now, 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 a, a little dab might do you, but a little dab won't do me because I'm crazy. I need the spirit of God to be all over me because I'm not I'm not I'm not right. There are some things in this brain that's not right. And I need the Holy Ghost to make sure I stay in alignment. Because if I don't stay in alignment, I might cuss you out. If I don't stay in alignment, I might, I might freak you out. If I don't stay in alignment, there might be some things I say. You say, well, pastor, that's not becoming of a pastor. That's because I'm out of alignment. So when I get the Holy Ghost, I get back in alignment so I can be pure, holy, and nice. Just like some of you. Come on now. Somebody ain't going to cut you off when you pull right out there in the parking lot. What you going to do? You just left church and you giving them the one way sign. Apostle Paul said, in my flesh, there is no good thing. See, this flesh, you are never, ever, never, 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 ever, ever, never going to get this flesh saved. <laughs> Your flesh is never going to be saved. We are spirit beings before we had a flesh body. And so you need to understand who you are as a spirit being. For too long, we've been living our lives based on the flesh. And we don't know who we are spiritually. But you were a spirit being before you had a body. So you need to determine, who am I? Because you are the person God created you to be. You were a spirit that just happens to have a body. So I choose to want to operate into my spirit man rather than my flesh man. That is difficult. Yes, it is. It's difficult, and I am full of the Spirit. I can only imagine for somebody who's not. This is why we get full of the Holy Ghost. It, um, listen, this is not just something, like I said, it's not some church fad. This is something that God gave me a mandate to teach on so that you can understand it, recognize it, and get it. He said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. That means everybody in this room can receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and you can be so full of God, you can be so powered up, and you can connect with God like never before. This is not for something to play in, in, in around everybody else, around the public. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost is what you have privately. I use it privately because I want to be privately holy. I want to be secretly devout. And I'm not trying to do it in front of you. I want to do it in front of him when I'm private. Because if I'm privately holy and if I'm secretly devout, then when I get in the public, then everything is going to be all right. 
on, somebody. Are you hearing me here? Zerubbabel was called to a people that were backslidden. He was called to a church that was weak. He was called to a church that had no miracles going on. They were living in captivity to the Babylonians. And sometimes when I look at the church, it seems like we are in captivity. And let me tell you why I feel that way sometimes. Because we want to do everything that the world wants us to do. We want to act like them, talk like them, get piercings like them, tattoos like them. Yeah, yeah, I want to win the world. You ain't winning nothing unless you are unlike the world. You can't win the world looking like the world. You're going to have to be different. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. He said, no mixture. You're going to have to have a pure body. Now, if you already got tattoos, move on. But why would you want to try to perfect something that God has already perfected? You're wasting your time. God said, you're already pretty. And by the way, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So when you put tattoos on your body, you might as well come in this church and put tattoos in this church. No, pastor, I can't do that. But you'll do it on the temple. <laughs> no, pastor. I... Why didn't you come in here with a six pack or, uh, or, or a joint this morning? Why? Because I'm coming to church, pastor. I can't come to church with a joint. But you'll smoke weed in this body. And this is the house of God. This ain't the house of God. This is nothing but a building. But this is the house of God. Now, you, you, you will infiltrate the house of God, but won't bring a beer in this building. Oh, see, see, you see, you see, see, that's the apostolic. The apostolic don't play. The apostolic is going to call you to a whole new level of holiness and righteousness because we can't get to where we need to get to acting like the world. I am not going to be complicit to what the world wants to do. I'm going to stand for righteousness and holiness right in the midst of all of this adversity because they're trying to take away our religious freedoms. And I refuse to bow down to political correctness. I refuse to bow down to cultural modalities. I am not going to bow down. I'm going to stand up. And we need to be stand-up Christians in a bow-down world. Who's with me? Somebody say, I'm going to stand up. I know I feel you're going to stand up because we're going to have to make some adjustments today if God is going to have a house that he needs to have. Check this out. God says God can bless you beyond your present day circumstance. And let me tell you something, saints of God. Don't, don't allow the enemy to convince you that where you are today is where you're going to stay. See, see, when you're not am, armed up with the, with the power of God and amped up with the power of God, then you will be right there in that, that little old place where you are. And you're like, <laughs> God, I can't get out of this little bitty place. And God is saying, look up. See, when, when, when Moses, when Moses, he had a heart for the people of God, but the timing was wrong. You can know your call, but you need to know your timing. His timing was wrong. And the Bible said he saw a fight between an Egyptian and his people. He had the right burden. He had the right heart for his people, but the timing was wrong. And the Bible said he looked this way and he looked that way, but he never looked up. And what happens when we get into our situations and the vicissitudes of life come and all of the circumstances come and we look this way and that way because we're trying to figure out how to get up. And God says, if you just look up, what do you see? Do you see your circumstances or do you see a way? I'm talking to somebody in here this morning. I know. I know. I'm talking to myself. If you don't get it, I got it. I got it because I'm sick and tired of looking at everything that's going on around me. I'm going to have to lift my eyes into the hills for which cometh my help. 
My help comes from the, come on somebody, my help comes from God. Your help don't come from a job. Your help comes from God. It don't come from clients. It comes from God. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. He can turn it any way. He can turn your manager's heart. <laughs> he can turn the heart of anybody. God said that if you just pray on it. Instead of getting mad, you go, mm-hmm, I got this, I got this. You go get down on your knees and pray in the spirit. You say, mm-hmm, that's all right, I got you. I got you, I'm, I'm going to handle this. So let me, let me give you, let me give you, let me give you what, a little bit of what I'm going through right now. It's a lot, so I'm going to give you a little bit. Because I always something. So for a year and a half, I've been going through with Hyundai about my car. Right? Never owned a Hyundai before. I was a little nervous about getting one. And, and now I'll never buy another one. Now, listen, don't, don't, don't buy a hundred because I'm saying that, right? It's just this is my situation, right? So I've been going back and forth with them about my car. I mean, it's always something. And, and, and the one thing that gets me when you insult my intelligence, I, I, ooh, that's when I have to pray. Because if you insult my intelligence, I'm, 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 I'm ready to give you some words. You know what I'm saying? See, see like I'm back on the block. Because, see, I grew, I grew up in, in a bad part of town called Mobile Terrace, and people who are probably watching this stream live, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you live in Mobile, you know where Mobile Terrace is. Don't nobody go there unless you live there. <laughs> so, so I grew up in this bad area, right? So sometime, sometime, <laughs> my flesh, come on, wants to go back to the hood. Who, who's a witness in here with me? Amen. Okay, thank God I got some company. And so, so y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And you can feel it too. You know, boy, you say one more, you say one more word. I'm going, boy. And so, so it was on, right? And so I've been, I've been going back and forth, back and forth, still not getting what I need. Man, I've contacted Hyundai USA. I've contacted everybody, man. I sent these scathing emails. And so I, you know, and so I, I'm getting phone calls, but nobody doing anything, right? So I told my wife, I said, I'm sick of this. I know how to handle this. So I started praying in the spirit. So when I started praying in the spirit, it didn't bother me anymore. Right? So now some things are happening, and that's where God wanted me in the first place. Because this is what I was doing. I was trying to fix it. I was looking this way and that way. God, who do I need to send this email to? Who do I need? And God says, if you look up. Now, now, has the situation been resolved? In my heart it has. That's why I'm not worried about it anymore. Because whatever takes place, God is about to mess up some folks. Why? Because I left it in his hands. See, this is where we make a mistake, saints of God. We say, we say, can I help somebody out this morning? Hello, somebody. If you're waiting for me to start preaching, I already started. This is it. And so, so this, 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 we say, we say, God, I'm turning this over to you. Right? God, you got this thing, God. I don't want it anymore. I don't need it anymore. God, that thing is yours. And then, and then you walk away and you, and you go, well, Lord, maybe I need to just take this little job. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me just take that little piece so I can be mad about that. No, God says, if you give it over to me, leave it with me. Amen. So that's why praying in the spirit is so important. And, and praying in English is so important. It's praying in Spanish, whatever your native language is. But pray. 
The, the, the Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, men are always to pray and not faint. We should always be praying. You can pray without opening your mouth. You know that, right? You can be praying. I pray when I leave the garage going to my building. I'm always in a mode of prayer. You don't even know it. My mouth and lips are not moving, but I'm praying. I'm trying to stay connected to God. When I'm sitting in my cube and ain't nobody bothering me, I'm praying because sometimes I have to be prayed up before the next person come ask me a question. Y'all know what I'm talking about here, right? So the Bible says pray always. That doesn't mean that you go around, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, oh, in the name of Jesus. No, be in a mode of prayer. That's what that means. And anywhere you go right now at church, on the job, driving in traffic, you can be there. You can turn the radio off. Stop listening to all that crap anyway and turn the radio off and start praying. And say, Lord, check what I'm gonna be in traffic for 30 minutes. I'm giving this 30 minutes to you, God. It's all yours right now. And then you can be you can be praying, washing dishes. You can be praying, washing your car. Yeah. Am I helping somebody here? I'm trying to get you to understand how powerful you are, saints of God. Y'all ready for that? All right, okay. Hey, man, I hope so. I hope so. Listen, don't get so caught up in your present day circumstances. Say this with me. Say, say this with me. Don't no. Let me say this before you say this with me. Don't make a permanent decision about a temporary situation. So say this with me. Where I am today is not where I'm going to be tomorrow. Mm -mm, mm -mm. God is moving you. He's moving you, saints of God. He's moving you out. He's moving you in different directions, moving you out. And listen, listen, let me, let me just say this so I can help somebody. Listen, and, I've, and, I've, and, I'm, and I've, been, I've been guilty of this, and sometimes I didn't handle it correctly, but it was for my good. Sometimes when God closes a door, praise him for it. Praise him for it. Because sometimes I know there was a door that God closed on me. I wanted this position. I know that was my position. I was qualified for it because I wanted that corner office. And I didn't get the position. <laughs> Am I talking to the right folks? <laughs> Y'all know. I mean, I was getting out of the cube form, man. I was going to get an office. So you don't notice when you're in corporate America, you know, you're in the cube form. Y'all know the cube form. <laughs> And you got the corner, all the offices are all around the outside, right? And everybody on the cube, that's where I've always been. And so, man, I was about to get the office, but they gave it to somebody I trained. What did you say? Ouch, right? So, so immediately I got in the flesh. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I didn't handle it right. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't handle it right. I was mad. I was fire mad. I had blood in my eyes. I did, man. I was so mad. Then he came up to me afterwards talking about, are you all right? I said, boy, you better. <laughs> and I had to tell him, I said, the best thing for you to do is to get away from me right now. And he saw my eyes and he said, yes, sir. When I got in my car that evening, the Holy Ghost whipped my rear end. I got so convicted because God says, oh, and you call yourself a man of God. And I said, yes. He said, no. I said, yeah, God, I'm a man of God. I didn't hit him. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work that thing out, right? I'm trying to say, well, God, I didn't hit him. I wanted to, but God, see, I'm a man of God because I didn't. I, I wanted to lay him out. And he said, no, you're not a man of God because you shouldn't have gotten angry. And I said, yeah, God, I should have gotten angry. He said, no, you shouldn't have. So we were going back and forth home. So that night when I was praying, he said, you're going to go in there tomorrow. And you're going to ask him to forgive you. And I said, nope, I'm not. <laughs> so y'all think, you think pastors, and we got that great communication with God, and you're always talking with the Father, and the Father's telling you sweet things. No, me and God, we, we sometimes, we, 
We, we, you know what I'm saying? We trying to, I'm trying to work this thing out. And I'm like, God, wait a minute. There's nowhere where this sounds right. Wait a minute. He took my job, my office, and I'm supposed to go and ask him to forgive me? Am I, am I talking to the right people? Okay. And so, so next morning, I go in. I had convinced myself I am not going to ask this brother to forgive me. I'm not doing it. So you know what you do? You get busy. So I got busy. I started doing stuff. So if, cause I didn't want to hear God. So I'm doing, I'm busy. Hey, man, how you doing? I need to get that meeting with you, man. I'm trying to do some stuff, right? And as soon as it gets quiet, God says, you're going to ask him to forgive you. I said, no. <laughs> and so I'm doing stuff. And when I look up to walk up, guess who I run into? Right. He's coming through the door, and he's got this face like, uh-oh. <laughs> right? Because he don't know what I'm getting ready to do. So in my heart, <laughs> I wanted to say, boy, and God says, can I talk to you for a second? He said, maybe. <laughs> I said, it's all right. It's all right. I said, uh, let's, let's, let's go so we can have a, uh, a conversation. He said, okay. So he sat there, and I, and I, said, I said, look, what I did was wrong. I, I shouldn't have reacted like that. I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be a man of God. I was completely honest with him. I said, I'm supposed to be a man of God, but that's, how, that's not how a man of God is supposed to react to things. You're going to be my new manager? Praise the Lord. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you shine. He teared up. He teared up. Why? Because I did what God told me to do, right? And I did. I worked for him, right? Two or three months later, I got the job at the other bank at Wachovia, a better job, more money, right? Now, God closed the door. He closed it for a reason. He had another door for me, right? So when I went through the other door, that part of the business closed down. I'm telling you, saints of God, just obey God. I got, I got so many different examples like that where I messed up and then I cleaned it up. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell you, saints, I haven't arrived. I'm still trying to learn this thing called Christianity, right? We all are trying to get there. No pastor has somehow hit that level to where he's all at with God. Nobody, right? We all need to make some adjustments. Are you here this morning? All right, okay, okay. All right, so I'm, I'm done teaching. Can I just give you the practical stuff? Let me give you some practical stuff, and I'm done. So let's talk about some adjustments we need to make in our environment. So the first environment I want to talk about is your job. <laughs> see, see somebody, see the Holy Ghost, see the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost already over there on that side. <laughs> let's talk about some adjustments on you that we need to make on our jobs. I'm, this is the pragmatic part of the message, and then I'm done, okay? And I'm going to go through this pretty fast because I know you're hungry. So, <laughs> so y'all ready? So first of all, are you timely? No, no, I, this is rhetorical. You don't have the answer because your idea of timeliness might be different from your boss's. <laughs> See, in the Marines, we're taught if you're on time, you're late. Right? So if you're supposed to be at work at 7, you need to get there at 6.45. <laughs> See, everybody ready to go now. See, they're they fidgeting, they're putting the Bibles up. 
This is the practical side. I'm done with the spiritual stuff. This is the practical side. Do you give your best effort to do the best job you can do? Because listen, you can't get promoted if you're not promotable. And listen, don't come asking me, Pastor, oh, I want this new position and I want to get promoted. The first thing I'm going to ask you, are you doing the job that you want to be promoted to? Because if you're not, I'm not praying. I'm wasting my time because you're not going to get the job in the first place. You're not even doing the job. So make sure you can do the job you want. Hello, somebody. Hello, hello. Listen. People are going to see your value. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care how many doors close. People are going to see your value. They're going to see it. They're going to have to because God is getting ready to send the rain. Amen. Amen. And I'm just going to stand on his word. I know every door that closes, I'm going to say, send the rain. Every time something don't happen right, God, send the rain. I don't care what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it smells like, send the rain. Come on, somebody. The Bible said when Jesus came out from those 40 days and 40 nights, he came out with power. He didn't come out with his head hanging down and, and you come into church and you, oh, woe is me. Praise the Lord. I barely made it. No, don't, don't barely make it. You're supposed to come out with power. See, when the, when the three Hebrew boys came out of the fiery furnace, the Bible said they didn't smell like smoke. You know, what, what does that mean? That means don't smell like the situation you just came out of. All right, y'all. Okay. Y'all trying to get me back in the spirit. I'm trying to stay. Okay, so do you perform beyond your job description? What would your coworker say about your job performance? <laughs> it got quiet as a church mouse in here, boy. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Okay, let's look at businesses and ministries. Y'all ready? <laughs> Oh no, man! Y'all look like y'all be ready to stone me. Okay, you got a business, you got a ministry. Are you set up properly? Do you have the proper credentials? Have you done what you needed to do with the IRS? Boy, I got an um and a mmm. Do you give of your finances from your ministry and your business? Again, these are rhetorical. Do you serve your customers like you serve God? Am I helping somebody? Because if you serve your customers like you serve God, he'll give you more customers to serve. Somebody says, send the rain. Have you dedicated your business or your ministry to God? This is pragmatic stuff here. Do you operate with integrity as it relates to your business affairs? Do you pay your taxes? Glory. So the Bible says they tried to get Jesus in this, and I wish Jesus had just helped us. He didn't help us. He didn't help us. I'm telling you, Jesus didn't help us on this one. They said they tried to get Jesus. Y'all know the one I'm talking about, right? They tried to get Jesus on who we should pay taxes to. And saints of God, I'm telling you, I, man, oh, man, oh, man, I wish I had been back then because I would have pulled Jesus to the side and said, Jesus, help us out. And so, so <laughs> I ain't lying. So, so Jesus could have said Christians aren't supposed to pay taxes. And I would have been like, yes. He didn't say that. He said, give me a coin. He said, well, whose inscription is on the coin? And they said, Caesar's. So Jesus, instead of cleaning it up, he said, well, render unto Caesar the government, that which is Caesar's, and render unto God that which is God. Right? Because he asked him, whose image do you see? Uh, uh, hello. Right? He said, whose image do you see? So what God is saying is, whose image? image do people see 
that's on you. You render unto that image. You're supposed to have the image of God. So you're rendering to God that which is. Okay. All right. I gave that one for free. Don't even have to give me an offering for that one. Okay. What about your home? Are you committed to complete what you promised? So we are, we are indicative of starting stuff that we don't finish. We start books we don't finish. We start little projects we don't finish. Come on, am I about myself? Mm-hmm. How, how, okay, okay. How many people have started a book and you know you started that book about two years ago? You didn't finish it? <laughs> Some of y'all started my book and you ain't finished it yet. And I got a small book because I can't write that much. Amen. And I got books available right back there. It's called Mixture. Amen. That was a good, that was a good lead there, right? <laughs> Exposing the power of being distinctively different. You need to get that book. It's only 12 dollars I got it right back there. You can get your copy so you can understand how to operate in holiness. Do you spend quality time with your family? Now, don't take a whole lot of money to spend time with your family. As a matter of fact, you can spend time with your family for zero. It's, it's, sometimes it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality anyway, right? You just want to spend time. I, 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 just, I love spending time with these two right here. I mean, I, lo- I love it beyond anything. We have a good time most of the time. Right, I'm honest, right? We have a good time most of the time. Now, we go at each other, right, because we just like everybody else. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm a pastor, and she's a pastor, and yeah, we love God, but we go at each other. Amen? Don't you want somebody that's honest? Yeah, we do go at each other, but we love each other for real. Amen? So, so listen, um, men, do you take your daughters out on dates? <laughs> Did I hear some? I got a good. Well, <laughs> good Lord. All right, men. Okay, how many men have daughters in here? Okay, all right. So you take your daughters out on dates? If you don't, you should. I don't care how old they are. They can be 40 years old. I ain't lying. We've been going out on dates since, oh my God, about eight years old, and we still date. Even when she went off to school, she would have those moments, Daddy, I need you, and I would, I would spend the whole weekend in Greensboro with her, going out, eating, and hanging out at her apartment. Because, now, now listen, guys, because how is she going to know the example of what a man is unless I give it to her? I'm not, I don't want nobody to teach her that but me, because whoever she dates, that brother's going to have to live up to something. You hear what I'm saying here, saints of God? So, so, and if you talk with a lot of women who are grown right now, they wish they had a, had an opportunity like that with their father because a woman get a sense of femininity from her father. And a lot of times, if they don't get that from their father, then they go from relationship to relationship looking for something, and they know they can't find it. Can I get an amen from the women? Amen. Do you take your sons out? You need to take them brothers out, too, because they need to know you don't need to be disrespecting no woman. That ain't your woman. That ain't your woman until you put a ring on it. So don't be asking for something that's not yours. Am I in the right house? I know there's a secular song that you'll put a ring on it, right? (laughs) Single moms, have you selected a man of God to mentor your sons or a woman of God to mentor your daughters? Hmm, I know. Finances. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let me go through this one real fast. Okay. Let me go through these real fast. <laughs> Do you spend more than what you make? Do you max out your credit cards? Do you borrow money don't pay it back? I got some people still owe me. I ain't going to ever be broke because I got people that owe me. Do you invest? Ooh. For those of you that are in corporate America, do you invest at least up to the point to where the company matches? Yeah, you need to do that. Hey, man, that's free money. Um, okay, let's talk about prejudice thinking. Do you make racial remarks about other ethnic groups when you're in private? So, so this, what this means is don't be making jokes about white boys or don't be making jokes about black people or Hispanic people when you're in private. Because if you are a Christian, that means there's something wrong with you if you are okay with making jokes like that. There's something wrong with you. You don't have enough of the spirit. See, see, racism is not the problem. The problem is sin. See, we're trying to treat the symptom instead of the root of the problem. And see, only the church can, can treat the root of the problem. We can have as many meetings, relationship meetings. You can have all that community stuff. Until you deal with sin, racism is always going to be here. And we're, we're trying to treat racism and prejudices, and you can't treat those unless you get to the root of sin. Until you change the heart of people, people are always going to be bigot, bigot, bigots and racists. And racism is not something people are born with you taught to be a racist. Do you make gender jokes? Oh, I, I thought this one was a good one. Do you dislike people simply because they're a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian? You just don't like, oh, you're on the other party, so I just don't like you. What kind of crap is that? You don't like them because they're affiliated of a, to a party? What is that? that might be a Christian. And so you know what you're doing? You're putting your party affiliation above your God. Now, you can do that, but I'm not doing it. How do you feel about homosexuality and adulterers and, and prostitutes? Well, you should feel the same way about all of it. It should not hype up one over the other. Sin is sin. And we treat this, we, we, we go after the sin, not the sinner. Hello, somebody. Amen. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. What's your attitude towards poor people? Amen. How you treat them? Amen. Treat them indifferent? Some of, those, some of those people up under those bridges know more the word than you do. Amen. I'm telling you, you just sit down and talk with them. One, right, Richard? You just sit down and talk to them sometimes. Boy, that drops some word on you. Like, what? Is that in the Bible? I got to look at my Bible. <laughs> Like, dang, that brother just dropped some word on me, right? Amen. And uh, like uh, Elaine brought a young lady in here that, that was uh, living on the streets of Charlotte Wednesday night, you know, just so she can come in and get some word, right? And that's what she needs to be is in here to get some word, amen, right? Yeah, she ain't smell all that good, but guess what? She's been on the streets. So get beyond that and look at that woman's or that man's soul. Is that important to you? Then you can get past the smell. Come on, somebody. Okay, I hope I'm helping somebody. What's your attitude towards rich people? Ain't nothing to being rich. They just got more money than you. Amen. Your attitude is different, though. <laughs> do, you, do you window shop? That's what I mean by that. You see something that you know is too expensive, and you go, one day. Amen. Amen? Amen. Now, listen, I'm not getting into, you know, naming and claiming kind of crap, because I don't get into that, that, that naming and claiming, grab it, blab it crap. I don't get into that. I feel that... If you see something that you want to aspire to, you want, like me, I've always had cheap suits when I grew up, right, baby? They always were cheap, and I always wanted to own a nice suit. Now I have a lot of nice suits, but I had to first look at the first nice suit that I wanted to wear, right? So what I needed to do is say, God, I'm going to work my behind off to get promoted 
so that I will be able to come into this store, try on this suit, and walk out with it. No different. Listen, saints of God, you can do that, right? If that's what you want. But listen, it's going to require some work. Just because you name it and claim it don't mean it's yours. There are some principles we're going to have to operate in before you can get it. Amen? Amen. All right, let's let's look at some thinking here. Uh, Why do you think the way that you do? Maybe it's upbringing. Maybe it's people you've been around. I don't know. What events or what people are affecting the way you think? Are you around positive people? If you're not, you need to be around positive people. Amen? Right? Positive people. If you're around negative people, you'll notice you feel drained when you leave them. Right? So, so get around people that can lift you up, people that, are, that, that really uh, want to see your dreams succeed. Amen? All right, all right. Uh, here's the last one. Um, has fear or doubt or guilt incapacitated you in a way that you're not moving out for God? These are some practical things, right, that I wanted to talk to you about. So I'm done. Come on, come on and give them a praise in Jesus' name. So I want to do the spiritual stuff and then come to this practical stuff because in some of these areas, we might need to make some adjustments, right? And I know I've had to make some adjustments in these areas myself, right? So especially about the financial piece and the way I think, because I grew up in a place that usually when you grew up in in places where I grew up, you you were pretty racially biased, you know, because of what we went through. But uh, I'm a Christian now. In a way, I can be a racist because I don't want a black church. I want a church of God. It looks like this. (laughs) I I want all kinds of ethnic groups in here. I want some Korean people in here. I want some Asian people. I want all kinds of people, some Samoan. I want, I want some, I want all kinds. You know, you do too. Me too, man. I don't want to be in a church that people, all people look like me. That ain't good. That's a shallow church. Amen. So listen, when you thought about some of those things, are there some of those things you're going to have to work on? Amen. So praise the Lord. So We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.